feel your love. We know your love, Lord, that it passes all understanding, God. It's greater than anything else that we could ever know. Help us to have confidence in that, oh God, as we walk through this life, Lord, the challenges that we face. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for being a father. Thank you for being a friend, oh God. And thank you for sending your son to be our Savior, Lord, to rescue us and redeem us. In Jesus' name I pray. Glorify you, O God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I love the Lord so much. There's been so many times in my life, I think every single one of our lives, where He's been the only one who's been faithful to us. He's been the only one who's been a friend. He's been the only one who's been a real father to us. I meet so many people in the church who have a hard time accepting the Lord as Father because of the own example that they had in their family of a father. And it's hard to trust God because you feel like, well, my earthly father never really loved me, or he made promises to me that he never kept. And so can I really get my hopes up that his promises will be real in my life? Can I really trust God? Can I really trust the word of God? Or am I going to put all of my eggs in that basket only to see it fall apart like so many other things have fallen apart in my life? And I want to encourage you this morning that you can trust God. Man will let you down. Man will disappoint. Man can bring destruction to your life. But the Lord will never do that. The Lord will bring challenges. He'll allow things to come into your life. But it's never to destroy you. His purpose is always one thing. It's always to conform us more and more to the image of Christ. He came that we might have life and life more abundantly. Amen. Jesus said in John 14, if you've got your Bibles, please turn there with me. John 14. One of my favorite passages of scripture, really, because I need this so much in my own life. John 14, starting in verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me. You will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. That's either true or it's not true. Now we just sang that he's faithful, that he loves us. But can we really believe this verse? Do we actually believe that if we love the Lord, and if we follow after him, that he will be the provision for everything in our life? Or do we just hope that that will be the case? And I ask that question because so many times my faith seems to be shaken by challenges that come my way or situations that I'm in. And I feel like, Lord, are you really with me through this mess? Have you really called me to this situation that I find myself in right now? And I look for these ways of escape instead of just running deeper and deeper into the love of God. He said that if I'll love him, if I'll just keep his commandments, what is it that he's told you to do? If the situation that you find yourself in this morning is because of your obedience to the Lord, you can rest assured that these verses are going to be real in your life. If you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. Aren't you glad? 
I'm not going to leave you all alone. You have a good, good father. And he loves you with an everlasting love. In the book of Luke, chapter 24, in verse 47, Jesus is speaking again and he says that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in, in his name amongst all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you're witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And I think a lot of times in our own lives, there's challenges that we're facing. God will tell us to do something, even tell us to go somewhere. But we don't want to wait for the Lord. We don't want to wait for the Spirit of God to come and really empower us so that we could do what God's asked us to do. And somehow we feel like because we're believers that we should be able to just, you know, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and just do what God has called us to do. And we don't wait on the Lord to really empower us that the Spirit of God might come and do that through us. And a lot of times it's because we don't understand the word of God, or we don't understand the waiting upon the Lord, or we don't really believe that the promises of God within the scriptures are going to work in our life. It's easy to believe it's going to work in somebody else's life, right? Oh, I have all faith that it's going to work in your life, sister. No problem whatsoever. You can move mountains by your prayers, but me? So I struggle with that. But the Holy Spirit is the inheritance of everything that we have been promised. And he dwells within you as a believer. And if we would just come to the place where we are really desperate for him. And depend upon him for everything that we do. And desire to be filled with him every day. So that my thoughts would not consume me, but his thoughts would consume me. That I wouldn't have to struggle with my own anxiety or the cares of my own life, but I could be consumed with the care of God for the people of this world and for the situations I see around me. And I pray that our church would have a greater paradigm shift as we move closer and closer to the coming of the Lord. I love this church. We have a lot of love for one another in this church, but we also have a lot of room for growth, as all people do. And it's my desire that we as a people would grow more and more confident in the word of God and more and more filled with this spirit of life, this spirit of truth, this spirit of grace, so that we might love one another with a love that's real and not with the southern hospitality, not with a love that says one thing, but in its heart of hearts, it's not, it doesn't have any essence. We need that. We need to be a people of reality, amen? The Holy Spirit is the inheritance of everything promised. And He's the only one that's going to make the promises of God real in our life. Whatever the Lord has spoken to you, whatever He's leading you through right now, if you are in the will of God, if you're being obedient to His words, trust the Holy Ghost to do what only He can do in your life. So many times I found myself in situations I did not want to be there. I did not know what to say. I did not know what to do. It was very, very uncomfortable. But he's the spirit of promise. He's the one that's going to lead you. And he's going to guide you. And he's going to teach you. First of all, he's the promise of the Father. In the Old Testament, the promise of the Spirit was always identified with Messiah. But they didn't really understand him as a person at all. 
He's seen more as a, just a power, just a force that would come upon people or that would be some type of influence of God in the earth. But as we go more and more through the scriptures, we see his personality come out and we begin to recognize that he actually is a person. And I've done a lot of study on, on how the, the Jews viewed God in the Old Testament. And they don't admit this today, but in the Old Testament, they saw God as two different forces, two different powers. They recognized who the Holy Spirit was. They recognized his link with Messiah somehow, but they didn't know. And so as Christ came and suddenly they recognized this is this other half of God. And then as the church went further on and, you know, the, the, at the beginning of the church, they, the, the idea of the Trinity came into being as the Lord revealed himself more to people. It was just this almost shocking thing that, wait a minute. This promise that he's going to send to us is actually a person. Just like Jesus said, he, I've been with you, but he's going to be in you. It's a person. There's somebody that is with you at all times. There's someone that you can lean on in the difficult journeys of life. When you come to the end of yourself and you have no idea what to say, there's somebody that sticks closer than a brother right there with you. To guide you and to lead you continuously through this wilderness that we call the earth. But we, do we believe that? Do we avail ourselves of the promise of God that has been given to us? If that's the case, why do we struggle with anxiety? Why am I so concerned about tomorrow? He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to give you a hope and a future, says the Lord. Never looking to leave you as an orphan. Not looking for any excuse to throw you out of his family. But he loves you. How I've longed to gather you in my arms. But so many times we don't want to do that. We find struggles and difficulties and immediately we want to run back to our own comfort. And many times it's those sins that are just, you know, they're so familiar to us. Or how, It was so much easier before I began to follow the Lord, you know, because I didn't get myself in these difficult situations. But it's not that. It's that you're following after the Lamb, whithersoever He goeth. So you find yourself in situations, challenges that are very uncomfortable, that you would have never led yourself into. Can I tell you that's not a horrible place to be? Can I tell you that that's the place where faith actually begins to become real? That's the place where testimony is realized? Spoken into your heart, and you be, are changed more and more to be able to be a witness for Him, the testimony of the goodness of the Lord in the earth as you walk through impossible situations. Hallelujah. This is such a wonderful thing, but at the same time, I struggle in all of that because I do not like to be uncomfortable. I don't like it when the commands of God and the things that He tells me to do are things that I don't want to do. I don't like to go places that the Lord tells me to go that I don't want to be in. Because I like comfort. And I like things to be the way that I want them to be. I like to be around people that I like to be around. and I like to do things my own way. And it seems like every time that the Lord has spoken to me to do something that I don't want to do and I struggle, there's this battle that rages within me. 
And it really comes down to an issue of, do I believe that the promise of God is real? Or do I not? Do I understand who the Holy Spirit really is, or do I not? John the Baptist was baptizing with water, but Christ came to baptize us with the Holy Spirit. And in John chapter 7, Jesus told us, If any man believe on me, as the Scripture says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Who was he talking about? John said that this he's speaking of the Spirit, which was not yet given. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, if he was not given, then why do we see that he was given in the Old Testament? The Bible says that he came on Samson, he came on King David, he came on others all throughout the Old Testament. It says that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. I realize all of that, but I answer it by saying this. He was not given in the same way. He wasn't, it wasn't a... It wasn't under the new covenant. There was a new dispensation to come. There was a new life that was coming. There was a new nature that was going to be given to man. And that nature is eternal. So it functions in a different realm with the power of God. Who is the Spirit? Before, it was always people's old nature. That was having to work somehow with this person of the Holy Spirit. And the communication was not there. It couldn't be. But when that life that you're given at the new birth comes, you're given a whole new set of faculties. There's a whole new mind that's able to come to you now, the mind of Christ, which can work in conjunction with the Spirit of God. And so before Jesus came, before the resurrection, the Holy Spirit was given in a different way. The cooperation of man with God was not the same as the dispensation that we walk under. It's a whole new covenant. It's a whole new set of rules. We're delivered from the law. We're able actually to have the mind of Christ now. The disciples understood nothing, though they walked with Jesus for all those years. Yet you and I, having never walked with him physically, spiritually we do, we read his word, and it's like we understand more than they did because of the spirit of promise. The Father's promise of the Spirit was fulfilled in the coming of the Lord, and I want to look at that because the promise of the Father became so much more clear when it shifted to the promise of the Son. Because it was a whole new life that I was suddenly brought into. For most of his three-year ministry, he rarely spoke of the Spirit. I'm talking about Jesus here. But on the night before his death, he began to just tell these disciples all about the Spirit. He began to deal with their need. And he said, when I go, the Comforter is going to come. You're going to need him. He's going to be in you. All of these things. And they had very little idea, if any, what he was talking about. There are six things this morning that I want to talk about. The Spirit of promise that I believe that we need to know. With the changes that are happening in our world right now and the things that I myself see on the horizon, just speaking with other ministers around this world, what are you seeing? What's God saying to you? The things that these men are sharing with me, I just recognize that more and more the confusion that we're in right now, not knowing what to do, uncertainty abounds in our world. There's only one person who's been given to us. It's the Holy Spirit. To lead us and to guide us. To take the things of Christ. To reveal them unto us. And as we look in these statements this morning, I pray that your faith would just be increased. So number one, this same spirit that was given to Jesus is now going to be given 
to us, the people of God. And it's not a different spirit. It's the exact same spirit. How God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit who went about doing good and only good. That's how I want my life to be. I don't want to get angry at people that are doing things in this world, rushing its destruction. I don't want to have to, I want to be able to pray for people that despitefully use me and who plan my destruction. I want to be able to love my enemies. I've met so many Christians that when President Obama was, was in leadership of this nation, they hated that man. I can't even pray for him. I know missionaries and pastors that said that. I can't even pray for that man. I'm like, wow, you're really revealing your sanctification. You're really revealing how much Christ actually dwells in you. How can you not pray for these people that don't even know what they're doing? We see such destruction in our world today. We see these people that aren't even in government leadership that are planning our future. And seeing government agents and people that are in great power work in conjunction with them to change the whole course of this world. What's in your heart about that? Are you trying to store up things for the future because you think that that's going to be your supply? I know people that claim to be men of God that are bearing guns in the ground right now. As they're trying to prepare for this Armageddon that they're fixing to go through. But Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is my supply. He's going to lead me. He's going to guide me. He's going to be the ability within me to be everything that I need to be in this hour. And everything that I need to know in this hour. The Holy Spirit had been with them, but now he's going to be in them. And he's going to be the exact same Holy Spirit that was in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not another spirit. The exact same spirit. Did you know that Christ was hated when he was here? Did you know that they plotted to kill him time and time again and he would just pass through the crowds? Did you know that there was people that actually plotted his death, but he was able to skirt all of that until the exact time that was put in place by his father? Did you know that there's nothing that can harm you if you'll just walk with God? Did you know that the very hairs of your head are numbered and your days are as well? Did you know that you really don't have to have any fear? Because there's a spirit of promise that's given to you and I. And if we will just avail ourselves of that and stay in the light as he's in the light, we can actually walk in the spirit of God in our time. If you're filled with the spirit, then you're fully equipped to do everything that God has commanded you to do. And walk in absolute righteousness and the way that you're to walk in this present hour. Hallelujah. Number two. He would not only be the same spirit, but he would be that all Jesus had to be, or all that Jesus was to them, and more. He'd be more. How is that possible? Because the communication had changed. They could not understand anything beforehand. There was no witness of the Spirit of God. So much so that when Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? Only one guy got it. And he only got it by a revelation of God. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Flesh and blood hasn't revealed that to you, but my Father in heaven. How? By the Spirit. That's how. But now if you're born again, you've been brought into a whole new race of people. 
seated in heavenly places with Christ, brought into this family, hallelujah, able to commune with God. Think of that. You're able to have the thoughts of God run through your mind. He said, don't worry about what you're to say because it's going to be given to you in that hour. We really have no cause at all to be concerned for tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus. Everything that the Holy Spirit has been to Christ, he's now going to be to us. And it's not another spirit, the same spirit. Number three, Jesus had been with them, but the Holy Spirit is going to be in them. It's not an outward power. It's actually working from the inside out of you. So it's not you looking for something else. Oh God, give me more understanding. Oh God, give me wisdom in this hour. Oh God, I need more of your grace. All of that already dwells within you. Avail yourself of that. Get in the still and the quiet place with God. Amen? If we would just do that, Psalms 91, to get in that secret place of the Most High, in His presence, so that all the noise of this world will just be blocked out so that what is already within you can be manifested through your life. A river flowing out of your innermost being. Number four, they would gain more with the Holy Spirit than they would lose in the departure of Christ. Jesus said, it's so important, it's expedient that I go away because if I don't, he won't come. But as soon as I'm gone, he's going to come. They were grieved at the thought of his leaving, but he let them know very, very quickly that they would gain so much more after he left. And there's times where we just, oh, I just want to get to the church. I just want to get in the house of God. I just want to, and that's good. We need to be here where his presence is. But I cannot tell you that even though we come into these altars or we meet up with a friend someplace and we just feel encouraged and there's the presence of God there, more than that is with you already. More than that is already within you. If you're a child of God, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, more is already within you. And though I love the times where I can tangibly feel the presence of God, I have to have faith and believe and trust that what He said is within me is actually within me. And I have to throw myself completely upon that and just have faith in the Word of God. And it's not reckless faith. There's times where we feel stripped and naked and abandoned of God. I'll be the first to admit that. But He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. So many times I feel like the Lord is just waiting for me to get more and more out of the mind of Noah and more and more into the mind of the Spirit of God. How do I do that? Total reckless abandonment submission to the Lord. I have no idea what I'm doing in this situation, Father. I'm glad you do. Open up my ears to hear that voice that's already within me. Help me, God. To see with these natural eyes. Change them. You said that I have the spirit of life. Let me see into the spiritual realm. To know how to handle this situation that I'm in right now. Because I don't know how to do it. But you said all power is within me. Hallelujah. I'm here Lord to avail myself of that power. I've never done this before. But I'm going to just believe that your word is true. Help me. And he will. He will. 
I remember when this first started to become real in my life, I made a lot of mistakes along the journey, but I kept, got up and kept walking with God. Lord, I fell down this time, but I'm getting up. I'm going to keep walking with you. Teach me, Lord, to walk in your ways. Teach me more and more to hear the voice of the Spirit of God that's already within me. I need you. You called me a son. He called you your daughter. You said that you put this within me. Let it be real, Lord. I don't want to live my Christian life just trying to fall my way through it. I really don't. I don't want to live my Christian life looking at the Word of God and being like, well, it works in my brother's life back there, but it can't work in mine. I don't want to walk in doubt and unbelief the entire length of my days. I'm sick and tired of that nonsense. I've got to have confidence in what God has called me to do, what God has called me to be, and the places that He puts me in. I have to know that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. I've got to learn to watch. I've got to learn to listen to everything that's already within me, that that river might be able to flow out of me. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm running out of time here. Number five, because the Holy Spirit was now in them, he would live the life of Christ through them. Did you know that it's impossible to be a Christian without the Holy Spirit? Otherwise, you just become this religious person that hates everybody. (laughs) Because you're like, you're not towing the line. How come you're not doing what I'm doing? I'm so much more holier than everybody else. It's terrible. But when the Holy Spirit is in us, life, life is there. It doesn't have to be judgment. It doesn't have to be jealousy. I'm free. Absolutely free in the spirit of life. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it's very significant. Paul says to us, I beg you by the mercies of God to present yourselves, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. He doesn't need your talents or your abilities. I love that because I don't have any. He doesn't need your cleverness. He doesn't need your experience of, oh, yeah, this is how it worked before, and so I know how it's going to work now. The only thing that you learn out of all your experiences in the past is one thing. God's going to be faithful, and he's going to show me. So don't walk in presumption. David, when the Philistines came up against him and they camped in a certain place, he went to the Lord. Lord, how do we handle this situation? And God told him, you go at him, full frontal attack. And he did that, won a great victory. Because he walked in the commandments of God. The only reason why he won. Wasn't because of his great strategic mind. Or he was this incredible military general. No, no. Because he followed the voice of the Lord. And it wasn't very long. You can read this in the scriptures. That then the Philistines come back. And they camp in the exact same place. How many of us. Oh yeah. God told me how to do that last time. I know exactly how to handle it this time. Why do I need to go back to the Lord and bother him? He's already equipped me. He put it right here in my pocket. I know exactly how to get it done. We do that. David didn't. Under an old covenant, not having the spirit of life within him, he did not do that. What did he do? He goes back to the Lord again. Lord, how do we handle this situation? You know what he's doing? He's doing what we should do. Go back to that fountain of life, which is the only thing that can lead me in the way that I'm to go. It's a river. It carries me. I don't carry it, even though I'm a carrier of the water of life. But it's to carry me wherever I go. 
Not just ankle deep, rivers to swim in. Amen? Let the Holy Spirit carry you in the direction that He wants your life to go. This time, David, you're going to go around to the side of them and you're going to wait by them trees over there. And then when you hear the sound of marching, that's me. Then you get in the battle with me. These are completely different instructions. He follows the instruction of the Lord. Great victory is won again. And can I tell you, if you'll just learn to hear the voice of God, if you'll just follow the instruction of the Lord, if you'll just depend upon that spirit of life that's already within you, you will win the battle every single time. It's only in presumption. It's only in me standing on the strength of the flesh, on my own understanding, my own ability, that I fail. And I will every time. But conversely, you never will. You never will. Because you're following after the Lord. You're following after His will for your life. I am so challenged by the demon-possessed men in the tombs. They had enough devils in them, because there's two guys there, right? To drown 2,000 pigs. And I look at Jesus who cast out those demons and I could see it because he was just filled with the Spirit of God. He could just do that because he was possessed of the Spirit of the Lord. And I'm so challenged by that because I think, man, I want to be possessed by the Holy Ghost like that. If man can be so possessed by the devil that 2,000 pigs could be drowned, And they're not even given the promise of being possessed of the devil. But I am given the promise of being possessed by the Spirit of God. I want to be that full of the Spirit of God. I want to have dependence upon what the Word of God said can be real and realized in my life. Amen? That the situations that I come up against, I'm going to have the knowledge, brother, to answer people when they twist Scripture And they're saying all these things, and I'm just like, whoa, I've never heard this in my life. You're confusing me in that moment. Why? Because I'm in the natural man. Get out of that. In that moment, Lord, you told me that you would give me an answer in this moment to say, in this hour, I'm dependent upon you. I'm putting all all of my eggs in this basket. I'm going to completely depend upon you. And you're going to be a fool for Christ in all of that. In the most glorious place to live. Because the miracles of God can begin to come through your life. So filled with the Spirit of God that it's no longer we who live, but it's Christ who's living in us. Amen? It's not Noah. Noah died on that cross 2,000 years ago. So Christ lives. The life that I now live, I live by the life of somebody else. And that life has been put within me and He's called the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord God Almighty. That's why I want to be filled with him again and again and again. I know that I have him when I'm born again. But I want to be so filled with this life. I want to have confidence that when I walk down the road that he's with me and that he's in me. And he's able to come out of me and I have a life within me that I'm able to give away to other people. Silver and gold I don't have. But put that cup down because it's not going to contain what I'm about to give you. Confidence in the word of God. Confidence in the spirit of life. Knowing who I am. I'm not some orphan. He loves us. He's called us to actually be instruments of his spirit on this earth during this time in history. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, the writer says to the believers and to all of us, let us go on to perfection. 
We can't do that without the Holy Spirit. I believe that is the perfection. To be so filled with the spirit of life. To get out of my own understanding. Walk with God. The Holy Spirit brings about repentance. He changes our nature. He gives us direction and wisdom and confidence and discernment. He conforms us to Christ. He's the answer to everything that we need in this hour. He's the only one that can bring healing to your body. He's the only one that can remove the depression that so cloaks our lives. He's the only one that can tell you words of life to give to other people. If you just try to give them some scripture or something, it'll avail nothing in their life. But when the Holy Ghost begins to move through you, I can tell you it's a river of living water. And those that thirst and are just looking, they're just parched through this horrible wilderness of the earth. They can just come to you and they can just drink from the life that's flowing out of you. And you become such a blessing to other people. You actually become the answer to their prayers. Is that not what we want as ministers? Is that not what we want as Christians, that our family who are lost would see that there's a reality to this thing that we believe in? It's only possible by the Spirit of God. Do not doubt the Word of God. He will be everything that you need. Have confidence in what He's told you. Amen? Number six, the Holy Spirit's mission was to glorify Christ. How? By taking the things of Christ and making them available unto us. Showing them unto us. This is what I want to do through your life. These are the words of grace that you're to give to these people over here. Jesus said to the people, when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to know. You're going to know what you didn't know before. He came to be to the believer all that Christ himself was beforehand. Now he's in us. What a wonderful thing, this spirit of truth. So we see that the promise of the Father was fulfilled in the coming of Jesus. And the promise of the Son was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost when this Spirit was now poured out onto the church of the living God. But now we come to the promise of the Spirit. Paul speaks to us about the supply of the Spirit in Philippians chapter 1. All of the promises of God are made possible by this supply. All of our needs are met by the supply. He's the all-inclusive gift of God. So many times we focus about the gifts of God, all of the gifts of God. We, people study that out. And what is my little gift of God? You know, and that we have these tests in churches that they give today. You know, well, let's find out what your spiritual gift is. Can I tell you that the Holy Spirit is the gift of God and he's all inclusive? And so you don't have to, if you don't have the spirit of prophecy or the spirit of discernment or the spirit of wisdom or the spirit of miracles or any of that stuff, and you're in some situation at some point where you need that, you don't have to run and get somebody over here. If you're in that situation, God, you've been following the leadership of the Holy Ghost. In that moment, you have all of the gifts because you've got the gift. He can manifest anything he wants through your life. You have to know that. It's not you. It's not your ability. Do you understand that you died? 2,000 years ago, I hung on that cross with Christ. I'm seated in heavenly places. That's hard for us to grasp. That's hard for me to understand. I'm walking through this horrible world. I don't feel many times like I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ. There's been more than once. I'm riding on an airplane with my family. Lord, it would be great if a meteorite came out right now and just hit this plane and the whole thing. Instant death. I'm ready to go home. I am. 
So much better to be with the Lord than walk through this world, brother. I'm sick and tired of it. Really. I've kicked over every single bucket. You know, the bucket list. I've done it all. Everything I ever wanted to do, I've accomplished it. And it's like now the only thing I want to do is to do his will. That's all I want to do. That's all I'm living for. And if that's you, you've got to have confidence in the spirit of life that's within you. You've got to have confidence in the promise that was given to you, the Holy Ghost. When Paul said to Timothy, don't neglect the gift that is in you by the laying on of my hands, he didn't talk about the gift of healing there, the gift of miracles, or the gift of some type of administration. He's talking about the spirit of life. He's talking about the Holy Ghost. It's the all-inclusive gift. A man or a woman that's full of the Holy Spirit has all nine gifts that's able to pour through their life. Because he's in you. And he's able to flow out of you in any way that he desires. In the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. Is the supply of everything. That you ever need. The supply of every single person. He is that ladder. That Jacob saw. Going from the earth. All the way up to heaven. Everything that man needs. Is able to come down that ladder. If you're full of the Holy Spirit, you've got everything you need to fulfill the will of God. There may be a lot of things that you can get that may be nice, but it doesn't really matter if you get those things. You got that old jalopy, as long as it gets you from A to B, it's just as good as a Mercedes. Because it's not about prestige. It's not about notoriety in this earth. It's not about having all these things that we so lust after. Because as soon as you get it, it's never enough, is it? All the rivers in the world run into the ocean, it's never full. Just constant. Gotta have, gotta have, gotta have. If we took all of that energy of the gotta haves and just, I gotta have, I gotta have, I gotta have. Change the church. Change our lives. We can do the will of God with whatever he supplies for our material needs. Paul never even had a donkey. But he had such an influence that today, secular people accuse him of having invented Christianity because he had such an influence in his life. What could God do through our lives in these last days where more and more the Spirit of God is being poured out? You know, in Ezekiel, he saw that river and it was ankle deep and then it's up to his thighs and then it's waters to swim in. A friend of mine was talking to me the other day. Actually, he's preaching about that this morning. And he's like, you know, I wonder, is that time? Is it like as time goes on, the Holy Spirit's just getting deeper and deeper in this world? Are we walking in more than we actually know? We always like to look at the book of Acts and be like, they had everything. And we just minimalize everything that we have. And we think, oh, if we could just get there, someday I'm going to ask Peter, what was it like? Oh, Paul, what was it like? But the more and more I walk with God, the more I think, no, they're going to come and ask us that. What was it like to live in the last days? Where all the revelation of Christ had just been poured out onto the earth because it's going to be gone. He's going to create a new one. So we have more of a revelation 
than people did at any other time in history. Because we've had the John Wesleys and the Charles Spurgeons that have just poured out their river of living water to the church. It's getting deeper all the time. 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 I can walk in this life. It's not as confusing. It's not just one man, the Apostle Paul, writing all the epistles and sharing it to the churches. They were like, what? In the, how does this even work? And they didn't really get it. And so, like the Galatian church, they find themselves going back to Judaism. And the Corinthian church, the whole thing's a mess. And I've said for years, you know, if the Apostle Paul came today and he came into my house and he sat down with me and my family for dinner, would he say to himself, this is what I gave my life for? And I always thought, no, no, he'd be like, what are you doing, Noah? How come you're not more, how come you're not doing more for the kingdom of God? How come you're not doing X, Y, and Z? But I've come to the conclusion, he would say, yes, this is exactly what I came to give my life for. Look at the churches that are just all over the world today. The believers that are all over the world today. And it's just like we're all waiting for one thing. What's that one thing? To just have a revelation that God will really work through our lives. You're called to live in this time of history. You've been adopted in the family of God. You've been given the spirit of life within you. Just let him out. Let him out. Learn to... Avail yourself of the gift of God. If I'm full of the Holy Spirit, there's no struggle to have faith. Because faith is a fruit of that spirit that's within me. I don't have to struggle to have love. Because the love of God is shed abroad in the heart by the Holy Spirit. Romans 5.5 5. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have everything that pertains to life and godliness. And if you're full of the Holy Spirit, just be led by Him. Because that's where all the power is. The power is not in just being filled with him. The power is in being led by him. Let all of your members, don't let them be availed to things of unrighteousness, but righteousness, peace, things of the Holy Ghost. He knows the deep things of God. The promise of the Holy Spirit is that he would supply the divine life of Christ that you've been promised. He's a help in every time of need. This is God's answer. It's the flow of his life. And if we will just come to that revelation, we would just come to understand that you can truly trust him. Then the devil cannot limit your effectiveness. You can actually be what God has called you to be. The promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. Who's the spirit of Christ on the planet right now? The Holy Spirit. When did you receive the Holy Spirit? When you were born again. When were you filled with the spirit of life? When you were filled with the spirit of God. And I want to seek after that every single day. Every morning, Lord, fill me today with the spirit of life, Lord. Let your mind be my mind. Control these faculties that I have, Lord, that I might be a witness for you in this hour. Let this river that flows out of me touch things and make it alive and be everything, Lord, that you've promised to me because I don't want to live my life struggling to try to act like Jesus. I'm looking for you to manifest that in my life. I don't want to have to live my life wondering why in the world am I living here in this hour experiencing these horrible things. No, I want to say, Lord, you've called me for such a time as this to be an answer on this in this horrible world for somebody else. You've given me these children at an hour where it's like, man, I don't know how to even teach my kids in this perverse world. But where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And this wonderful spirit that will comfort us and teach us and lead us and take the things of Christ and reveal them to us and bring all of the supply of heaven. He's the spirit of life, the spirit of truth. He is the spirit of grace and the spirit of promise.
Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your life, oh God, that you've given, that you've poured out upon the people of God 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost. And Lord, so many of us have walked in that spirit. We've been filled with that spirit, oh God. But help us, Lord, to avail ourselves of the very gift that you've placed within us. Let me have confidence, oh God, not in myself, not in my book learning, Lord, not in my ability to memorize the scriptures. But Father, let me have confidence in the spirit of life that you have placed within me and you filled me with, Lord. That I would not fear, that I would have love, oh God, and have discernment and know the way that I'm to walk and know what I'm to say. And believe, Lord, that when I sit down with people that are spouting off all these nonsense, that peace like a river can actually flow out of my innermost being. And bring an answer to people, oh God, that are just so destroyed in this world, full of anxiety in the church. Their bodies are racked with pain. Their minds are so clouded and confused by the devil and addiction. Use our lives, oh God. Help us to see this is the purpose for why we have been born. To minister the supply of the Spirit of God. Those on the earth that are lost and perishing. Those that are broken and those that are wounded. And the people even within the body of Christ that are confused and broke down, Lord, and discouraged. Be everything to us, Lord. Help us to have confidence in you. And Lord, when we run after you, and we truly walk after you in faith, God, don't fail us. You've never failed us. You never will. You never disappoint. You never leave us forsaken. You're faithful to the end. You're faithful to your word. You're faithful to your promise. We love you, Lord. Bless these people today in Jesus' name.